James. Hey, Duncan. How are you, dude? Well, it was Father's Day this weekend, so I'm feeling pretty high up on my 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 dad horse. <laughs> well, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I hang out with my dad, and it was good. Here, here, here's a question for you, Duncan. What makes a dad joke? It's a good question. Uh, here's a good one. This is the engagement at the start of this. So I think this is a dad joke. I think that is lame, basically. <laughs> That's, you know, um, so this is like, you know, did 15-year-old Duncan want to be famous? Hell yes. Does 37-year-old Duncan want to be famous? Hell no. And so to me, that's like, I think maturing or something. And so I don't know. I think that's funny. You didn't laugh though. You want to laugh now? <laughs> I'm laughing because that, I was like, is, is this the joke? Is Duncan trying to lay out the foundation of his version of a dad joke? <laughs> um, yeah. Lame is definitely, I would say, a component. Um, but actually, my partner um, uh, gave me what I consider to be the best definition of all time. Um, and that is, it is the punchline to a joke nobody asked for. And so basically think, what that means, uh, the, 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 the central, like the, 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 um, the, the popular one is when the, the child comes into the room and they say, dad, I'm hungry, right? A, a normal statement. And mm-hmm. the dad turns around and says, hello, hungry, I'm dad. <laughs> So well, it's, it's basically just responding to some scenario where people are just making a, a general statement and you turn it into some some form of a pun. Hmm, interesting. All right, anyways, Cloud Streaks is a podcast where James and I talk about a topic. And today's topic is, do you want to be famous? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I suppose I, th- I sort of talk that the first thing is like different types of fame. Um, there are people that are famous for being famous. They've been on some reality TV show or something, right? Um, and then there are people that are famous because they're epic at what they do. And so if you're an epic musician, epic sports person, epic, you know, politician, epic business person, etc., it's almost impossible not to be famous. So those that get to the top of almost any individual field, painter, academic, will become famous to some degree, not necessarily the most famous person on earth or whatever, but basically that's kind of fame you can't avoid. And then there's fame that people seek out. Like they're in society's pages or something, or, you know, they, they just, you know, want to, I don't know, be on TV in any format. Uh, and so there are two different types of fame, I suppose. And that's kind of where I wanted to start this off. You know, um, you know yeah. Thoughts on that, James? So um, this, this question that we're looking at, would you like to be famous, um, is actually one of Mandy Lee Catron's um, 36 questions to fall in love, incidentally. Mm, true. <laughs> um, and it's a, it's a very interesting question indeed. To go back to your um, initial um, observation, I I think it's fair to say that m- many of us throughout our childhood years or earlier years uh, feel called to this, uh, this this allure of fame um, and this idea of being widely renowned and and celebrated. Uh, and when invariably you get a little bit older, as Duncan and I have, we seem to transition, uh, you know, very much in the opposite direction. And so, for me, it's I, I think this uh, this dichotomy that you pulled out, one where it's in, invariably bestowed upon you based on your expertise or your field of pursuit, and then there's the other one where you pursue it. Um, I think it's very interesting. So I'm just going to like break that up into what I think is something where it is 
competence and the other one is social status. Mm. Yeah, I think um, when I was whatever, 15, I thought being famous would be cool because you got free stuff and people wanted to talk to you or whatever, you know, <laughs> you got invited to cool <laughs> parties or something, you know. Um, and I want free stuff, don't get me wrong, please people send me as much free stuff as you would like. Yes. But yes, I don't want people to know me. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. you know, going outside and having people talk to you, like that sounds like the, the pits, like you just want to go and get a coffee or you just want to go and have a, a beer with a friend. And so in, in the past, I kind of, I don't know, maybe you wanted to meet new people or something. Um, and I suppose at school or something, everyone's sort of rough for the same. I know that might sound a bit silly, but like you're all in year 10 or whatever doing something, you know? And so there is a social hierarchy because there's cool kids and not cool kids or whatever. And I suppose maybe at school, that's the only kind of fame there is. Coolness is fame or something, you know, in some respect, right? Um, and now to me, the people I want to meet don't have social capital. They're interesting. And maybe they have social capital because they're interesting, as opposed to they get invited to some cool party. Like, I do not care about going to a cool party. You know, I just care about hanging out with my friends. And if there's somebody interesting that I'm aware of, hopefully being able to get to meet them. But mm. it's kind of like nothing to do with famousness. Yeah. So I think the, the, this idea of like, you know, being the cool kid in the playground, um, it's very understandable. It's roughly around the same time where at that socialized mind phase, um, you know, to use Keegan's theory of um, uh, the brain development or mind development. Um, but when you look at it and you extrapolate all the way out to like wanting to be a celebrity, it's kind of like this, this idea of, you know, being cool on steroids. And to me, it's just, it's to the point that you raised earlier, which is, do you, do you, <laughs> can, can you conceive a world in which like you are perpetually um, approached by people you don't know because of this newfound, you know, sense of fandom that you might have? And like that, that to me, I find highly uh, undesirable to say the least. Mm. Totally. Um, to me, I think, you know, Sam Altman said this, the only acceptable goal is to be the best at what you do professionally. Sam Altman was sort of head of Y Combinator is now at OpenAI. He did a startup before that. And I think that that's actually for a lot of people, a fair thing. Now, not everyone needs to be this, but I frankly want to be the best at what I do in the world. Now, it's going to take a lifetime of work to do that. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, now, you know, the, the sort of wealthier society gets, the more diverse the actual range of jobs we do uh, is. So, so the more specialized, I suppose, the job and also the more diverse our consumption. Um, and so I suppose if, if there's infinite diversity, then everyone can be the best, I suppose, because <laughs> there's only one person doing exactly what you're doing or something, you know. Mm. Um, and so, but anyways, if you want to be extraordinarily good, then fame is part of the parcel. So if you want to aim to be the best at what you do, now I'm not saying the same level of fame that whatever Donald Trump has or, or Elon Musk has, but not, not just totally anonymous. And so it's kind of annoying. It's like, if you want to aim to be the best and you're actually able to do that, then some kind of famousness will come along. And so it's part of the parcel. So either you don't want to aim to be the best and you can be anonymous or you do want to aim to be the best and you can't. Yeah, so to me, it's kind of the trade-off. Well, I want to be the best. Well, okay, well, fame is part of the parcel. Right, well, I think it's interesting because it's there in the phrase to be the best. Uh, to be the best at something suggests that you are basing your, um, your evaluation um, off other people. So... I don't right. think so. You're looking at it in a zero-sum perspective. You can be positive sum. 
So to me, it's not about trying to be better than somebody else. It's just about trying to grow to be a new high watermark in what you're doing. It's not about a stack ranking so that you've gone from 10th to first or something. It's just about aiming to, to, to be the new high watermark in what you do. I, I understand that. And I, um, I think that's an ideal. But why do you need to say to be the best then and not, not simply? So to... I'm talking about it from a purely positive sum perspective. Yeah. So if you look but... at it from that way, then, then I think what you're saying doesn't necessarily fit this. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think maybe Sam Altman didn't mean that when he said, like, maybe he just meant it in a way of, like, pursue excellence as opposed to um, be the best. But I just thought it would, maybe it's just an interesting um, uh, double entendre because, as you said, like, it's to end up being the best, it can lead to invariably being well-known, which is another kind of, like, um, play on to other people like gravitating towards you because of the, the field that you've now excelled in, if that makes sense. Hmm. Well, I mean, so then it's like, okay, well, if you want to aim to, 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 to reach a new level that's not been before, aka the best, and therefore be able to help improve humanity. Uh, so to me, the, the things that being the best, you're not being the, the world's best smoker and you can smoke more cigarettes than anybody else or something, right? <laughs> uh, it, it's like, for instance, you're the best. For me, I want to be the best at making education resources ever. Mm. Mm. Um, and this done well, helps with the common good, right? And so it's an honorable thing to do. Um, so the upside of being famous might be, and, and so this is, you know, why does Elon Musk do the presentations like AI Day? He said point blank, and I'm sure there's multiple reasons, but one of the core ones, if not the main one, is for recruiting. So someone like him or Steve Jobs or whatever, they were able to get huge ability to have marketing, free marketing for iPhones or for Teslas, and also an ability to be able to, uh, you know, recruit good people. It, it, you know, not everyone likes them, but you know, some people definitely do. Uh, and also, if they're sort of well known, it means you kind of can get access to other really interesting people. So they're very wealthy. Or Jobs is no longer with us, so you're not going to be able to, like buy his time. You know, when he's worth twenty billion dollars or something. Um, but if you've got something interesting, something that money can't buy, mm. and you're well known, the chance of him knowing about you being interesting is higher. So the three key mm. reasons that I think that there are positives to, to fame, and I was interested in what you all are, is one, whatever you're building or doing, you can help it be known about. It's marketing, right? Two, presuming that you're not an island, you know, you're working with a group of people, it should be able to done well, help you attract good people. Mm. And three, it should mean that you get access to other extraordinary people. And I think you're not born extraordinary, you build yourself into being able to be the best in the world. You're not born the best at making education resources or the best at you know, musicians or whatever, being, you know, making songs. So those are the three main ones that I can see. Mm. Uh, I was interested mm. if you could see any others. Yeah, so, I mean, like, that sounds um, to me like um, it's synonymous with the Pareto distribution or, you know, success begets more success. The, like, you can see through someone like Elon Musk's journey, the more successful he became, the more influence it allowed him, which means that he could attract better you know engineering talent as you would say more resources more funding um to uh compound uh the impact that he's able to make through the company he's building through um, the mission that he's um, driving towards so for me that's kind of um a utility towards this idea of fame which is you can expand your area of influence or your um you know the the, the net that you want to cast out in terms of a message or a mission that you're trying to to drive or generate so you can i think you can see this in you know what do you want to call them like um traditional celebrities <laughs> today who um who try to 
um, aspire for using their status for you know social goods, environmental goods, um, you know something that goes beyond what has actually got them to the point of being renowned or famous, and they then want to ex- expand upon that in order mm. to to drive towards something um, more useful. I mean, it's a really good. Maybe you should use this as a case study, like the royals, right? Like Prince Harry or something, right? Um, Meghan Markle. Um, I know they're not technically royals anymore, so you know. I was going to say um, <laughs> Prince Princess Diana uh, or something, you know. Um, mm. So, almost by definition, like they're famous, but at birth, or I suppose if you marry into it, do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, and so uh, is their fame a net positive or a net negative? Um, and I think that. You know, there's, I don't know how much it costs from the UK government to sustain the British royal family. But then, you know, when they had the wedding for uh, Meghan Markle and Harry, um, I'm, don't quote me this number, but I thought it was something like $2 billion of like sort of tourism generated or something. Something like a large amount. And they got to sell the TV rights and a bunch of other things. And so they're definitely generating revenue of some kind. But then they also get to bring uh, highlights towards different charities or whatever else it is. Um, so I remember Diana going to the sort of hospitals um, and I think it was with like uh, AIDS patients in the 90s and, and, and holding their hands and other stuff and sort of normalising this and other things and so to me fame could be to highlight certain areas that the world needs to know more about um, or fame can be just because you know I don't know you there's a reason in case of somebody <laughs> in, in, in Australia uh, snorting uh, white powder <laughs> off a plate during lockdown. Um, <laughs> so um, this person's infamous now, and I, I'm pretty confident that they're not bringing attention to themselves in a way that they were hoping. <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, the only thing I'll comment there is that that plate, which was from Kmart, has sold out everywhere now. So. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. But, but like that right there gives you this idea of how. Um, you know, this person who is in a social standing to be considered, um, you know, whether you want to be an Insta influencer slash celebrity type person, to have now been ostracized in the official or in the traditional um, sphere, you can still see how this act, which led to them being disbanded by all of their sponsors, is still celebrated because now everyone wants the same plate that she was um using at the time right so you, mm. you still have this um this polarity so first of all it was 1.4 billion dollars for the royal wedding between Harry was it and okay Harry. i wasn't too far off <laughs> yeah yeah no, i think at least in the um, same order of magnitude that's what i'll call close yeah for for a while guess i would i would count that as a win um, yeah. um so for me what i want to try and expand upon is you know this question of like is there a um a force for good or is fame or can fame be a force for good? I, I feel like it's almost, um, you know, there's fame done well and there's fame done poorly. Yeah. And you can you can go down either of those two rabbit holes um, indefinitely. But for, for me, what I want to explore and what I find interesting is like, why do we, why does fame exist? As, you know, mm. as a concept, like why are we gravitated towards these people that we hold up in high esteem? You know, mm. you would... Um, so I've just like, if, if you would humor me, I've, I've created what I think is a very <laughs> simplistic taxonomy of like the nature of fame. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about a thousand years ago, um, you could you could see fame as being synonymous with power, right? So back then we had the power games where you, um, if you were in a position of total control, 
you know, you could be like a, a warrior chief or a ruler over a, a kingdom. Um, this would basically be either pure competence or tyranny, right? The might was right, um, so you either took power or you are born into it. But what I think is the common thread here is that you were a master of survival, right? So people back a thousand years ago, survival was front of mind. Um, and so if you were someone who could help them, you know, get through life, then that was, um, I think, what people were gravitated. Uh, just to quickly go through the rest of them. So a hundred years ago, fame now more socialized. So industrial revolution removed the need for survival. We're now more interested in psychological needs. So that's brought upon the rise of celebrities. 10 years ago, fame is now more individualized. So we've got social media, which has disrupted the, the traditional model. And now you've got these individuals who are able to create fame for themselves, which I mm. think is also a really, really stark contrast. But yeah, like, keen to get your thoughts on that. I mean, are there different types of fame and stuff? Like, I don't understand necessarily, not the same as taxonomy, it's like, there was, only, there was no media like a thousand years ago, right? Yeah. You just had the king printed on the coin or whatever, right? Uh, and that's how you know what they look <laughs> like. Because you, know, you, you don't see the king, you're in some sort of you know, peasant village somewhere, right? Um, yeah. And so I remember a lot of people like in Japan, they'd never seen the emperor. Uh, and the emperor was regarded as a god. Um, and the first time they saw the emperor, like after World War II sort of went down, they're like, you know, what is this? It's, you know, it's human. Then you start to have media organizations, right? So you have whatever, newspapers, uh, radio, uh, TV. And so people who aren't powerful can become, as in like the king or whatever, or the president can become famous. Um, and then you have a breaking again to everyone is a broadcaster. Before there's only certain people that could broadcast, you could print on TV, you know, print or TV or radio to like whatever, Instagram. And you have influencers. And so you have these people that are like famous amongst 10,000 people, you know, whereas that couldn't happen before. Mm. And you can have fame for different reasons. Fame because someone's funny, fame because just straight up social, you know, climbing or whatever, or fame because they're, they're an expert in a really niche area and they can find their little, you know, uh, sort of tribe. So I don't know, Ben Thompson from Strategy, who you and I both read, I think is, I think it's infamous, I suppose, amongst tech people or, or startup people, but most yep. of them would never know who he is. And if I started walking down the street, I'd get giddy. I'd get like starstruck. Do you know what I mean? Um, whereas most people have never heard of him. So I suppose fame is a reflection of how many people can know about people and how much of a relationship can you have with them. Mm. Yeah. Just to clarify, did you say he was infamous? Well, is inf like what is infamy? It's kind of like, I so suppose, infamy famous is in like, a group, well, in a no, small in, group, in, right? No, infamy is like you're well known for a bad quality or um, like you, you, you're kind of like the... Um, God, what's, what's the okay, example? I have not used that well. So yeah, <laughs> no, no, I, I recant that. Yeah, I recant that. So he's, he's, you know, he's like, I don't know, famous amongst yeah. a very, very small group of people. Yeah, it just didn't yeah. used to be possible. Was, you know, yeah. yeah. So for, like, the, one of the, the, the rubrics I use is, um, you know, what Tim Urban basically describes as, we're all um, running around on 21st century software using the same 10,000 year old hardware. Um, and what, my interpretation of that is is this idea of of celebrity celebrity or or famous people is being run on the same code base that was operating ten thousand years ago where there was no media where there was no um you know social uh networks or internets or tv or um movies or anything like that and so there's like 
what I take away from that is that there's some programming in us that you know hasn't changed since um, you know we have evolved into the most recent um, form of our species that wasn't being used the same way it is now but it was still there 10,000 years ago if that makes sense and like what I'm getting to here it's tied to what I think is survival or um, the idea of cooperation and so you know back then survival meant you were highly competent in being able to like hunt fish cook meat um, you know negotiate with war like warring tribes and so people would be drawn to these members of your society or tribe and they would almost exalt them in some way and I feel like this is kind of like now like ex extrapolated itself out to the extreme where we now have all of these digital um, means of um, you know propagating the people who we now admire but not for survival or competent means but for creative artistic expressive means instead well maybe Fame is just notoriety in that how many people know you, June? <laughs> and, and so the more people who know you, the more famous you are. The less people that know you, the less famous you are, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes the thing that you're making, um, like out of an iPhone, you don't need to know who made it, right? Sometimes you, you, it's you useful to know. And so to me, how do you do fame well and how do you do it badly? Uh, was kind of what I was doing. So like, if you want to be the best at what you do, and I think that hopefully a lot of people want to, because I think that's one part, not all the hours of every day, but not no hours of any day, um, to helping others to become the greatest something to be able to help improve the common good. Um, and that, that as you know, we get better and better machines that optimize, you know, that automate all the sort of low end tasks, that there is the possibility for people to be able to do this. It's a path mm. to meaning, it's a path to helping others, et cetera, right? Mm. Cool, okay, well, if that's the case, then there's some level of, uh, you know, uh, sort of notoriety attached to it or, or well-knownness and then, and then how do you do it well? And so to me, it's kind of like, how do you have this help? Um, and so to me, I don't know, like, I think the government should know something about you, but the government should know everything about you. What should they know? Well, that's, that's a good question, right? <laughs> and so, so if you wanted people to know something about you, like it's like everybody can know something about you, but then there are people that know everything about you. There's probably only like a handful of people that know everything. Do you mean that sort of that whole, like, I don't know, five is the number that people not normally talk about uh, from Dunbar. Uh, and so it's like, how do you put out there? What do you want people to know? Like, what would you become? I, I don't want them to know anything about my personal life. Like, I don't want anyone, even like, I don't think I'm famous in the slightest, but I don't want anybody really mm. knowing what I'm doing, where I am, what I do on the weekend, you know, if I went to the snow, if, you know, if, if you know, anything. Like, to me, yeah, I, I don't have an Instagram account. I don't post on it. I don't, literally, if I'm not on Instagram, I don't follow any of my friends because I'm not on Instagram, you know? <laughs> um, and so to me, I suppose there's that side, but then the work that I'm doing, as in trying to improve education, I do want people to know about that. Mm. Um, and if them knowing a bit about what I'm involved in that will help that make a bigger difference to the world, help attract better people to work with you and help get you access to people that will help you, that's worth it. Yeah. yeah, so like um, that was that, that was almost exactly the question that I was going to lead to by wanting to put you on the hot seat, Duncan. Which is, mm. if we can agree that fame can be a force for good, and if used well, can be a powerful leverage in whatever it is that one would want to pursue, um, would it not then be an inevitability as part of? you know, what Sam Altman would say as striving to be the best at what you do, 
wouldn't there be a point in which you would have to say, well, to, you know, to not utilize something like the the power of fame would would be um, uh, dishonest in my uh, pursuit of, you know, being at best the best that I can. And, and as you pointed out, Duncan, if fame will help you expand your influence and um, you know widen the net of um, you know people that you can attract to help you achieve your goal and mission, do you not then have a moral duty to <laughs> to um, yeah. open the possibility of like um, you know allowing yourself to become you know this this famous identity? It's a good question. Like, so I have gotten a lot from reading biographies. Like I love reading biographies. Mm. Um, and point blank, you get inspired do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> to, to, to do things. Um, and so I have a blog. Um, and one of the reasons for that, one of the core reasons was I've gotten so much from reading other people's blogs or books or listening to podcasts um, that I felt that just taking and not giving back was a bit, you know, not a good bargain. You, you were just, you know, you weren't making good on the trade. Now, I'm not saying that what I write is necessarily high value. That's up to others. But to not even allow others to access it and decide whether it was useful or not felt to me like I wasn't contributing to the human, you know, knowledge, you know, canon, right? Yeah. And so by the same sort of, sort of I don't know, principle, well, if I've gotten so much from reading other people's stuff, then I should, some of the stuff I write, I should allow to be public. If I've gotten so much from learning about people's biographies, reading biographies, if I've gotten so much from seeing the public lives, like Elon puts a lot of his life in public display, in my opinion, right? Mm. Um, then why would, do you have a moral, is it morally okay to try to hide as much of your personal life as possible when you've personally learned so much from others not having their personal lives hidden? Mm. So for me, I don't know if it's a question of morality in terms of like sharing your life experience, if this is what um, uh, you know the example is. But I do think there's an interesting um, you know question to explore in terms of morality if it is are you purposely holding back on your mission if allowing yourself to become famous is going to help you on that journey? And I think Elon Musk is a great example of that, right? So, you know, pre-PayPal, it might be fair enough to see, well, at least you and I never heard of him before then. Um, and so- I think I first heard him 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. That, well, I mean, like 10 years ago, that's 2011. He was, yeah. he was just starting SpaceX then, wasn't he? No, he started in 2002, SpaceX. Okay, there you go. I'm way off. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so yeah, so it's, it's, this, it's this idea of, okay, so I do think there is some form of um, moral question around passing on your knowledge mm. um, and sharing your experiences so that it may lift up others. Mm. Um, whether it becomes a moral question for you to do that, um, you know, with those in your orbit or to try and expand that as much as you can through the, the you know, the, the use of celebridum. I don't even know if that's the right word, celebridum or just... Celebridum. I think it is, yeah. Uh, we'll go with it. Um, that, that, that to me is not as clear as for, well, let's, let's say Duncan, he wants to change the world, to, um, you know, through education. He wants to revolutionize that. And I, I think that the there's a clear pathway to saying, well, if Duncan was well-known by everyone in the world, it would make his mission, I think, much more you know, pervasive 
than if you were entirely anonymous in trying to do that at the same time. Mm. I think it's it's part of it's like so the, the more else the more you show of yourself, uh, presumably the more sort of I suppose we'll call it famous you can become, right? Mm-hmm. Fame for good reasons, fame for bad reasons. You know, fame for like inspiring others, fame for like I don't know being a, a dropkick or whatever, right? <laughs> and so all else equal, the more famous you can become, the more you can use that. So you, fame is a tool that can be used for good or bad, right? And the more famous you are, the more that the, the more powerful that tool is. So if you never shared anything personal i'm not saying that you need to like blog everything but you know uh, i know walter isaacson's writing a biography on elon right now and he, and he wrote one on steve jobs etc um you know many 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 people like i don't know whatever have done this from like you know taylor swift will have a you know uh you know documentary made on her beyonce will have a documentary made on her um all, all these people that you know it's really really interesting um and so to me Ultimately, I suppose, you, you get to choose how much you want to show. But if you show less, you will have less of this tool. And that tool can be, yes, you've got less privacy. You can't walk down the street, you know, um, yeah. and go and get a coffee or something. But you can have more people know about your products. You can have people want to work with you more. And you can get to more, meet more interesting people that can you know, open doors or something. Mm. So I suppose there's a trade-off with it. Um, but is it worth the trade? There, there is a trade-off, I agree, but I don't think it's necessarily binary. Like, I do think there are certain people who've managed to carve out somewhere, not necessarily in the middle, but closer um, in terms of having separate lives, in terms of living in the public eye versus in the private eye. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who whether to you know use the coin phrase um, you know operate in the intellectual dark web would be a good example like you know Jordan Peterson Sam Harris Lawrence Krauss Neil deGrasse Tyson a lot of these people I think in in some circles are certainly considered famous but you know next to nothing or at least I don't know anything about their personal lives I don't know like I don't know if knowing where they live is important, but I, I don't know if they have partners, if they have children, what their hobbies are or anything like that. I, and I think that also helps because, you know, to use the extreme of things like, um, you know, things like the Kardashians where their lives are their, you know, source of, um, mm. of fame. You don't want to be in the gossip you man. like almost you know, you, you... vicariously imagine yourself knowing who they are because of that. Whereas there are other famous people <laughs> Um, and I'll use Sam Harris as an example, where if I were to meet him, I would still feel like I didn't know anything about him personally, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting. So another one is like, whatever, Joe Rogan, who someone told me was like Oprah for white men. I, I love that. Um, but um, he's big time famous. And I'm sure that people know more about him than I do. I, I would have listened to hundreds of hours of Joe Rogan talking with people on his podcast. And I don't agree with all that he says. Um, but I don't actually know that much. I haven't tried to learn. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I'm aware that he's got like a family and stuff. And, you know, I know that he likes MMA, but I just do not give a crap about MMA, you know? And so I just avoid <laughs> those ones or whatever, right? Um, all right, so, so you can tread a line. You can be like super famous. Like I would argue that Joe Rogan is like tier one fame, right? Mm, yeah. um, and you don't actually know much about... Um, so like, what's the kind of like thing? And, and I think that like, 
the personalities like um, Sam Harris. Um, I know that he's married. I know that his wife made a book um, and it had something to do with neuroscience too. <laughs> you know, um, and I know that because he was helping promote her book during <laughs> uh, when it came out like a year ago or something. Uh, but they, they, I suppose they've trod this line. So, so they, they've built, uh, I suppose, a profile and they're, they're, they're influencers. Maybe this is the thing. Like, there's famed as an influencer where almost none of your personal life is on display. And then there's fame because your personal life is on display. Who are you dating? Mm. You know, mm. you know, because like I don't know, you're you're like a, a Victoria's Secret model or something, right? Um, and to me, um, you didn't choose the face you're born with. Just because you've got a nice face doesn't make you better or worse than somebody else. To me, uh, it's irrelevant. Um, you know, what's in your mind? That's what you've built. Um, and so, uh, maybe you can have good fame. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I. Okay, so now we're talking good fame in the terms of it not being detrimental to your livelihood. Is that right? Well, I mean, I, I think in some respects, like, I don't know, Sam Harris or whomever, Joe Rogan, you know, um, I presume they make a lot of money. I, I don't know how much money they make, but, like, you know, they're, I'm sure they're very financially well off. They're doing... I, but, but, you know, so to me, like, um, I suppose the downside that I, I would have is scrutiny, like, just not being able to go outside, um, you know, second-guessing anybody you knew meet because you don't want to say something silly, Joe, and then, then, and then it gets, like, put it somewhere or whatever else it is you know uh and so you, you can't just go out into the thing and, and relax you know everyone you're around you kind of unless they're like a core close friend you kind of have to be on guard or whatever mm. else it is right mm. and you want to go to a restaurant you know well that's gonna be difficult you want you want to go have a beer with your mates that's going to be difficult you know yeah. um and so to me there's so much of just the sort of I don't know, normal life which i enjoy just going for a walk you know going to have breakfast by myself at a cafe that just would not be doable if you were, you know, Sam Harris. Or maybe, maybe it would be doable. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, like personally, I cannot put a price on the, the ability to remain anonymous as I go about my day, irrespective of the fact that 90 plus percent of it is spent inside the one house. <laughs> <laughs> Lockdown. Yeah. Hey, but that just goes to show how much, um, like, I put, I put a value on that. Yeah. And... Um, I, I think like going back to the, the start of this discussion around like, well, like, okay, so we can agree that there's good fame and then there's bad fame. There's fame done well, there's fame done poorly. And, and I think where it really, where the rubber hits the road for you and I is like, well, what would it mean to our own lives if we were famous? Like, like it's, it sounds like um, your hesitation to being famous in your own, um, you know, pursuit of, um, improving education is not held back because you don't think it'll help you or you think it'll be detrimental to your mission. It's held back because of your own personal concerns around its impact on your livelihood. Would that be fair? Yeah, I think livelihood is, is the wrong word because livelihood is like your income. I think it's going to help, you know, it's, sort of something, it's on, my, on my life. Um, and so I suppose um, this is the thing, like well, how much do you get to have input on how people see you? And so if you're whatever, Sam Harris, you've got a podcast once or twice a week, you know, so you've got a huge amount. Whereas if you're somebody else that doesn't speak much publicly, you know, you can lose control of how others perceive you to be. And so to me, I suppose it's like you've got to have a mm. constant PR strategy, if you want to call that. But strategy is mm. not a wrong one because it sounds clinical. It sounds like a, you're trying to like get something over somebody as opposed to trying to have the way you are it's like i, I want to show certain things and not other things and i want to hopefully have a strong 
influence in at least having others decide how I'm that what they want to think of me. I don't want to tell them what to think, but I don't want them to decide yeah. based on somebody else's, yeah, you know, podcast that they've spoken about me or, or whatever else it is. So if you can show the bits you want and hide the bits you want, and have others make a decision on you based on you, not on what someone else has said about you, then probably it's all good. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But no, that that raises a really interesting point, and I can't remember. Like I can't. I don't know who to cite for it, but. One of the um, the quotes around fame they say is that once you become famous, your identity no longer belongs to you. Mm, and, that's a good one. And what that means is that there can become this narrative um, that is born from you know external forces or public eye or whatever um, you know person wrote that article or even a tweet, and suddenly that takes on a life of its own. So like really, really, um, you know, simple examples are how people like Jordan Peterson or um, Ben uh, Shapiro can be called alt-right. And then that just takes off like wildfire. And then that suddenly becomes attached to his identity for all future interviewers and um, people that he talks to, invariably having this now warped view of him as a person based on mm. something that was completely beyond his control. Mm. I mean, I think those two both have big platforms where you can say, like, to me, like, you just need to have a place, and this is, I suppose, what the internet's done so that everyone to be a publisher, where people can actually hear the, the word from the horse's mouth. Mm. They're hearing Peterson speak or they're hearing Shapiro speak not hearing people speak about Peterson or Shapiro, right? And so to, to be able to have this, like you just got to be careful, I suppose. Don't be, you know, rolling around, you know, loose-lipped talking to anybody, whatever else it is, right? <laughs> um, but the other side is if you want to have a strong chance of others be able to pass judgment on who you are, not who others say you are, you've got to have a lot of content. Mm. So, you know, Elon tweets a lot. Like I look at his Twitter um, handle every morning, right? And I reckon just to just to cover his tweeting and commenting to other people is at least an hour a week. That's just reading it, right? Um, and I don't listen to every one of, um, I don't know, Sam Harris's podcasts anymore, but he does like a multiple hour podcast every week. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so it's, it's almost like, unless your job is entirely covering that one person, you know, um, to keep up with the stuff they put out, it, 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 it drowns out Others, whereas others never speak like, I don't know, you might be Tim Cook, CEO of Apple. And yes, there's an article on him in Fast Company or something every now and then. And I know he does a Twitter handle. I don't follow it. I'm sorry. I don't know what's on there. But it appears to me that more of the um, view of who he is, is others' descriptions of him versus your understanding of what he has actually said. Because you're reading an, a, an article on him by the mm. journalist, mm. you know, as opposed mm. to listening to him talking to somebody. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, like, I mean, firstly, shout out to Elon Musk for a superb dad joke on his Twitter handle where he said, don't worry, the situation is under control. And there's a piece of paper with the word situation on it under the control key <laughs> on his keyboard. Very masterful. Yeah. Um, but to come back to your point, I think, I mean, there's, there's a reason why, you know, things like gossip magazines and the National Enquirer exist, right? Which is to say that, sure you can still have a platform for your own followers but some i think argument could be made that the only people who listen to you on, on your own platform are you know people who are already you know on your side or your own fan base whereas narratives can be 
like born and bred in other areas of society that then suddenly takes on a life of its own, um, you know, beyond that. And now I, I'm sure you can make the case that like, well, who cares? Like lions don't ever lose um, sleep over the opinions of sheep. Um, but it's, it's kind of like comes back to this idea of, well, what is the whole point of fame in the first place? And if you think about it in terms of like this currency, then it diminishes your ability to utilize your fame as a, um, you know, as a tool of influence. Because now suddenly you're not only does it um, like dilute the water, so to speak, but you're now contending with this as a, as a form of distraction. So mm-hmm. if, for example, Duncan wanted to like really, you know, expand his influence by allowing himself see see how I said you allow yourself to become famous Duncan this is just some force that you're resisting it's like yeah. no 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 okay fine I will allow you to all to like you know he prays on yeah. me just turn the dial or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, then it lends itself to well how are you spending your time like you know Elon mm. Musk is like tweeting mm. on Twitter an hour a week as part of cultivating this identity but every single time something comes out that you know goes against that, there's there's real world impacts on whether it's his, um, you know, what are they called? The shorters on um, Tesla's stock price, or people who just keep trying to create narratives that are going to be counterproductive to the the, the goals he's trying to achieve. Yeah, I, th- I think that whether you sort of know it or not, and you're conscious about it, you have a profile. Even it's just amongst your friends. Mm. Do you mm. know what I mean? And so reputation. you can be conscious of your reputation. That's a really good one. They're trying to cultivate that or you can just be. And so I suppose for a while until like, let's just say I started work, I was trying to figure out who I was to be authentic. And now I realize that I don't want to figure out who I am. I want to figure out how I can be whatever I need to be in that circumstance. And also to sometimes be off, which is nothing, like doing relax mode, you know. Um, sometimes to be really on, like, okay, it's time to, you know, get up and do a presentation to the company and you want to have good energy and all those things, Joan. So you're kind of trying to reverse out different stuff. And so to me, your reputation is is a version of profile and you can have a say in it, right? And you can use it. It's a tool, your reputation, right? Does it open doors for you? Does it close doors for you? Does it inspire people or does it to what to do or what not to do, I suppose? (laughs) You can be a a, a sort of anti-hero or whatever, you know? Um, And fame also means you can draw attention. So your profile and fame, I'm sort of separating for this time. But fame means you're going to draw attention to the product you're building. If you're a royal to a charity or something that you think makes sense, you know, mm. uh, to attract people to want to come and work with you. Now, not everyone, but hopefully some, you know, to get access to people that you wouldn't be able to get access to unless they know who you are. Mm. And so I suppose they're just tools, just like a knife. A knife can be used to make a delicious dinner or to stab somebody. Fame can be used in a good way or a bad way. Your profile, which is your reputation, whether you like it or not, exists. You don't have a choice, even if it's only the immediate people that have met you. So to me, I suppose you should probably be looking to cultivate your profile mm. and to use whatever uh, you know fame you have, i.e. attention that you can draw from people. Sometimes it's just, mum, read this. You know, <laughs> That's just a sort of micro version of it to the best effect. Mm. So, I mean, like... Moving it to this idea of like profile or reputation. So like, I mean, the, the, the popular quote that's out there is take care of your reputation. It's your most valuable asset. And I, I remember you and I talking about this years ago, Duncan, how like your reputation at work is the most valuable currency that you can have. Because not only does it, you know, 
kind of drive the way in which you are perceived and valued, but it also, um, it, it, it impacts, um, well, it, 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 I don't know how to say the same word, but that's saying the same word twice, but it's like, it, um, well, reputation precedes you. So it, yeah. it, it, it is covered everything that you do. Uh, and so one of the things to talk about work is that positive sentiment override versus negative sentiment override. And so positive sentiment override, if you're doing on a project and you do good three times and bad one time, people don't care about the one bad time. It's to have positive override for the bad one. Negative sentiment override is where you do three bad to one good. And people just expect you to be bad. And even though you might do a good thing, they mightn't even look at it being good. They're just like, oh my God, the idiot's talking again. Do you know what I mean? And, and so to me, it's really, really good. Like your reputation, whether you like it or not, exists. And it may be a totally different reflection of who you are. So what someone mm. thinks of you may have minimal overlap with actually who you are. And that's not good, obviously, right? Mm. Or it might have a lot to do with you. And so I think consciously building credibility and having your reputation help you, not harm you, mm. it, which is a PR strategy of some kind, probably should be consciously done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the, the question is then, is fame just your reputation on steroids or is there some distinction between the two? Sure, there might be a lot of overlap, but the idea of, well, okay, so you managing your reputation is one thing because maybe it's because you have a lot more control over it, but then deciding to, you know, transition that into having a public profile, maybe that's what it is. Like reputation, you can think of it being more of a private, um, you know, situation where fame is more of like your your public persona um and you if you can definitely i would posit manage that in a way or use that in a way for you know in, in incredible gains or benefits or for you know nefarious ways as well to like you know either for your own self-serving needs or to um to create you know, something destructive or damaging as well. So it is, like you said, a knife, right? It can be very powerful. It's a tool. way you mm -hmm. split it. Your reputation is a tool and your ability to draw attention to something, which is fame, is a tool. Mm -hmm. Some people's ability is only to draw it to themselves. Look at this person wearing this clothing or, you know, in relationship with this person. Yeah. Do you know, like yeah. I, um, oh, that's, that's the exact that's interesting kind of because, attention I don't um, want to draw to myself. So like, I don't one want of the... Yeah, go on. Yeah. Sorry, so just one of the things I, I, I quickly read on is the, um, so a researcher by the name of Tim Kasser, he did, a, he did a, um, a series of studies on people's values, life goals, and whenever he touched upon the desire to be famous, it, all, it, 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 it came back enough for there to be a strong correlation to um, people's level of anxiety, depression, unsatisfying relationships, um, and just overall lower level of well-being um but what he said the predictor was it wasn't in terms of how famous one was it was how much they desired to be famous and what i think you and i are talking about here actually goes a level deeper and it's not how much you desire to be famous it's why you desire to be famous so like yeah. you just said now you know this is fame is um directing attention if you want to use fame to direct attention to yourself, I would say that's someone using it to, um, you know, get external validation or to define their own self worth. But mm. if it did, it's you want to comparing yourself to others as opposed yeah. to yourself yesterday. Yeah. So if, if you, you compare yourself to, to you yesterday, then that's fine. Yeah. If you wanted to instead use fame to direct attention to your mission through yourself, hmm. then maybe 
you can still really desire fame, but not for the the former reason, but for the latter, it might actually um, you know lead to improving one's livelihood if they do it well. I think we sort of touched this at the very beginning. There's wanting to be famous, or there's wanting to, for instance, be really good at what you do, and ideally being good at what you do to help the, the common good, right? Mm. And that if you do that, some level of famousness or your fame Famous. is inevitable. Now you can actually lean in to trying to be even more famous. So you can be like, okay, well, I'm going to consciously try to cultivate a certain type of public image. I'm going to speak a lot publicly. I'm going to spend, I don't know how long Elon spends on Twitter, but it takes me an hour to read him on his body rights on Twitter a week, right? <laughs> um, and so to, to me, um, he didn't have to do that, right? He doesn't have to go and speak at conferences. He doesn't have to be on podcasts. He doesn't have to do public, uh, you know, days of AI day like at Tesla or whatever it is, or do the open AI day, right? So he chooses to do a lot of Twitter posting and public presentations or interviews. And yep. so he's attempting to develop his public profile and his ability to draw attention to things. And then he gets to use them to have people be aware of that Tesla's doing a Tesla bot. And that now a lot of people who are thinking about getting into robotics will want to apply to Tesla, whereas they didn't know before. Mm. Pretty much everyone in the world knows Tesla's making, not everyone in the world, a lot of people know Tesla's making a Tesla bot, right? Whereas nobody knew before. And so now yeah. all those people are, yeah, let's go apply to Tesla, you know? <laughs> and so to me, it's cool. It's like fame comes with being good. You can choose to amplify it or not. And you can choose to have a profile or not. And then you can choose to use it to look at me. I want to get invited to a fancy party or look at this idea that we can help with the world. Mm. So it, it's a thing that it's a separate, which you can cultivate. I like it. Yeah. All right, a lot to uh, a, a lot to uh, myelinate over. So, I wonder I wonder if you can do any any of that justice by trying to um, summarize what we just gone through. I think I just did. I can say it again if you want time to think, or do you want to go first? Um, well, I I would try my best. So I think you know, the concept of fame, um, when you when you scratch it, uh, and you go deep enough on it, it it's not this superficial, um, you know self-promotion tactic it's actually i think runs much more closer to our innate desire to belong and to survive um and so for me it's evolved from over a thousand years ago where it was i think tied much more closely to survival as being now much more socially uh driven um but where i find it to be really interesting is this idea of well how does one direct one's fame whether it's towards their own self-worth or their own identity or would it be a a conduit to be able to best serve their own mission and goals so that they can expand upon or like increase their overall footprint and like elon Musk, as an example you know nurture and manage their public profiles so that they can get much more exposure so that more mm. people know about what it is that Elon is working towards so that they mm. will feel more inclined to want to come and help him on his mission. Mm. So another example, like Beyonce, like she could just write songs and sing, you know, mm. but she has documentaries done on her. She talks a lot. She'll go and I don't know, sing in hospitals or whatever else it is. And so to me, She's inspirational to me far more than just that's a nice song. I'll listen to it and you know a bit of like relaxed time. And she, she didn't need to. Um, she could she could so to me so to me she's built a public persona that I don't know how much of it's a reflection of who she actually is because I never met her right. 
And she's definitely made me think about issues about like, I don't know, sort of, you know, black people in America that I wouldn't have thought about um, through some of the this, this Netflix documentaries, an example. And I thought that was great, you know? Uh, and so to me, um, yes, she's made great, or well, some of her music I think is fantastic. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and I think also she's an inspirational human, like just when she's in movies and, and some stuff, and, and also she brought attention to issues that I would, you know, not, you know, not have seen as much of without her. So, so, yeah. so that's an example of someone doing it quite well, I think. Um, and so, okay, uh, look, more and more of us are able to be able to become the best in something as the mundane tasks required to not die, like food, et cetera, get replaced by machines. I think if you have the possibility to be able to be the best at what you do, that a lot of people should consider it. Now, not everyone has to, but I think a lot of people should. Uh, and, and from my perspective, the more the people that try to, probably the better for them and the better for the world on average, but I'm sure this is yeah. not everyone's cup of tea. Okay, yeah. if you're doing that and you're becoming really good at something, then some level of fame probably comes. Do you lean in to trying to cultivate your reputation slash public profile and using your fame to draw attention to certain things or not? You don't have to. You can be the best that you want and then you can be as quiet as possible. Like Larry Page's example, Google founder, most people would know what he looks like. He's got $100 billion. You know, they were trying to be in magazines in whatever the 2000s and then really from 2010, him and Sergey just, just sort of hit, right? And now yeah. they're like, Two of the wealthiest people on earth, uh, you know, Google's extraordinarily well-known company, and people don't know their names. They don't know what their faces look like, and they've literally just gone subterranean. Um, and so, to me, each their own. You know, do I think Larry's a great person? Yes. Do I think he's a great person? Yes. Do I remember when I went to Google, waiting to hang on every word? Yes. Do I begrudge him for you know just quitting Google? He's like literally retired. You know, before fifty, I don't think anyone thought that. And I don't know what he's doing, but he appears to be doing not much. That's fine. You know, I don't have a problem with that. At the same stage, am I really happy that Elon is super public? Yes. Uh, you know, have I learned a lot from people putting a lot of last word? Yes. Does that mean you have to? No. But I think there's an argument to do it. Um, so to me, overall, yeah, I suppose do we fame is a tool <laughs> that you can use for good or bad. Uh, or, and you can cultivate it to grow or you can try to hide. Up to you. Yep. Cool. All right, James. Good chatting, bro. Yeah, no, that was, I, I didn't know where this would go. And I really, um, I think, um, pleased with the results. So Same here. Who knows? This could be our Maybe it'll be point. a famous podcast one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably not. All right. <laughs> Toil and obscurity. Um, cool. All right. Thanks, dude. Next time, Duncan. Bye.